Section 28 of Greece and Rome. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rick Potenza. The World's Story, Volume 4, Greece and Rome, edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 28. Danger from Macedonia, 348 B.C. By Demosthenes. In the fourth century before Christ, Philip II became king of Macedonia. His ambition was to become also ruler of Greece, but few among the Greeks seemed to realize his aim. The orator Demosthenes was one of those few. He made speech after speech in the vain hope of forcing the Greeks to realize their danger. Philip's power increased rapidly sometimes by force, oftener by intrigue. At the time when the oration, the second Olympiac, was delivered, from which the following extract is taken, Philip was directing his strength against Olynthus in Thrace. In this oration, Demosthenes tries by every means in his power to induce the Athenians to carry out their resolution to aid the Olynthians in their resistance to the Macedonians. The Editor and be not ignorant of this, Athenians, that a decree is of no significance unless attended with resolution and alacrity to execute it. For were decrees of themselves sufficient to engage you to perform your duty, could they even execute the things which they enact, so many would not have been made to so little, or rather to no good purpose. Nor would the insolence of Philip have had so long a date. For if decrees can punish, he has long since felt all their fury. But they have no such power, for though proposing and resolving be first in order, yet in force and efficacy action is superior. Let this, then, be your principal concern. The others you cannot want, for you have men among you capable of advising, and you are of all people most acute in apprehending. Now let your interest direct you, and it will be in your power to be as remarkable for acting. What season, indeed what opportunity, do you wait for more favorable than the present? Or when will you exert your vigor if not now, my countrymen? Has not this man seized all those places that were ours? Should he become master of this country too, must we not sink into the lowest state of infamy? Are not they whom we have promised to assist whenever they are engaged in war now attacked themselves? Is he not our enemy? Is he not in possession of our dominions? Is he not a barbarian? Is he not every base thing words can express? If we are insensible to all this, if we almost aid his designs, heavens, can we then ask to whom the consequences are owing? Yes, I know full well we never will impute them to ourselves. Just as in the dangers of the field, not one of those who fly will accuse himself. He will rather blame the general 
or his fellow soldiers, yet every single man that fled was accessory to the defeat. He who blames others might have maintained his own post, and had every man maintained his, success must have ensued. Thus, then, in the present case, is there a man whose counsel seems liable to objection? Let the next rise, and not inveigh against him, but declare his own opinion. Does another offer some more salutary counsel? Pursue it in the name of heaven! But then it is not pleasing. This is not the fault of the speaker, unless in that he has neglected to express his affection in prayers and wishes. To pray is easy, Athenians, and in one petition may be collected as many instances of good fortune as we please. To determine justly when affairs are to be considered is not so easy, but what is most useful should ever be preferred to that which is agreeable when both cannot be obtained. The orator contrasts the patriotism of their ancestors with the present lack of devotion to the state and urges his fellow countrymen to arouse themselves and save their country. But if you will at length be prevailed on to change your conduct, if you will take the field and act worthy of Athenians, if these redundant sums which you receive at home be applied to the advancement of your affairs abroad, perhaps, my countrymen, perhaps some instance of consummate good fortune may attend you, and you may become so happy as to despise those pittances which are like the morsels a physician allows his patient, for these do not restore his vigor, but just keep him from dying. So your distributions cannot serve any valuable purpose, but are just sufficient to divert your attention from all other things, and thus increase the indolence of every one among you. But I shall be asked, what then, is it your opinion that these sums should pay our army? And besides this, that the state should be regulated in such a manner that everyone may have his share of public business, and approve himself a useful citizen, on what occasion soever his aid may be required? Is it in his power to live in peace? He will live here with greater dignity, while these supplies prevent him from being tempted by indulgence to anything dishonorable. Is he called forth by an emergency like the present? Let him discharge that sacred duty which he owes to his country by applying those sums to his support on the field. Is there a man among you past the age of service? Let him, by inspecting and conducting the public business, regularly merit his share of the distributions which he now receives without any duty enjoined or any return made to the community. And thus, with scarcely any alteration, either of abolishing or innovating, all irregularities are removed, and the state completely settled by appointing one general regulation, which shall entitle our citizens to receive and at the same time oblige them to take arms, to administer justice, to act in all cases as their time of life and our affairs require. But it never has, nor could it have been moved by me, that the rewards of the diligent and active should be bestowed on the useless citizen, or that you should sit here, supine, 
languid, and irresolute, listening to the exploits of some general's foreign troops, for thus it is at present. Not that I would reflect on him that serves you in any instance, but you yourselves, Athenians, should perform those services for which you heap honors on others, and not recede from that illustrious rank of virtue, the price of all the glorious toils of your ancestors, and by them bequeathed to you. Thus have I laid before you the chief points in which I think you interested. It is your part to embrace that opinion which the welfare of the state in general and that of every single member recommends to your acceptance. End of section 28 This recording is in the public domain.